It's rockabilly music is what that is. I like rockabilly. Rock, do you? Yeah. What's your favorite rockabilly band? I don't know, but I heard Hot Rod Lincoln the other day, and oh. I played it for my grandson. He's uh, one 14, 18 months. He was dancing. In, in the Hot up, Rod Lincoln, Johnny puts, Cash. He puts up his hands. Now, that's not true rockabilly, but that's good music. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably better than most rockabilly. Johnny Cash was the man. We have in the studio today, which is ever-changing. Last week, we had a blue wall. Green wall? Green wall, something like that. This week, we have a yellow wall. We're the migrating podcast operation. We're going to do a backdrop, eh? We're going to do a nice backdrop so we look like something legitimate. And it's just going to say something. What's it going to say? Dawn Patrol? This morning, we have Dan. Last name again? Wisely. Wisely. And you are a beautiful, humble godly individual that showed up at dawn mm. patrol how many weeks ago oh, dust uh, patrol is what I boy it's been a couple months and then i had to time off because i did a knee replacement okay dust patrol i am there twice a year i'm teaching you're there for the first time you found us online right. and i right. litter the thing with surf narratives right There's and you surf and you were in indonesia for 20 years right tell us about that in, in indonesia and in your ministry First went to Indonesia in 97. My brother and I started a study abroad program. We wanted college students from North America to come learn about missions, get a heart for missions, education in missions. Ran that for four years. 9-11 shut us down. Um, Indonesia is the biggest Muslim country in the world. Mm -hmm. And so State Department wouldn't uh, give permission for students to come. So came back, did another study program. And then went back to Indonesia, and I've been a Bible teacher for 15 years in a school for missionary kids. So, so exciting. Indonesia, 1,800 islands? Oh, what do they say? Something like that. 15,000, 15,000, 13,000 to 17,000. Islands? Islands. Thousands. High, high, t- high tide or low tide, depending, I guess. Okay, okay. I don't know. And you surfed how many islands? Uh, mostly I was in Papua. I surfed in Bali, surfed in Sumba once or twice. I didn't surf a ton. I surfed once a week, you know, had to, I had a, had an out, had a job there, you know, but I yeah. would take my students surfing with me and, uh, uh-huh. oh, oh, would you got to surf? Yeah. And they all surfed. That's just part of culture. Um, you know what? Mostly just if I took them and kind of taught them and it was real fickle where we were, you really had to know the tides tides and wind and swell and it was complicated okay okay but you could go once a month or once a week and you'd go for an hour <clears throat> four hours i try to be in the water at least two hours because yeah. it's like an hour drive yeah yeah good for you and yeah. so teaching uh missionaries in indonesia what language do they speak there um it's called bahasa indonesia it's indonesian language it's mm-hmm. the fourth largest language in the world really yeah i would have never i would have lost right. that nobody knows that but oh, we um, do. We yeah, here at Dawn Patrol podcast know yeah. that fourth largest language in yeah. the world. Thank you. Yeah. So we had uh, my wife and I worked especially. We both played soccer in college. So one ministry we had was uh, coaching soccer with Papuan uh, people. Papua is uh, well, it's on the island of New Guinea, north of Australia, mm-hmm. and they love soccer. And um, a Papuan guy came to my house one day and said all my friends are dead from alcohol and drugs and uh, they won't go to church but if you coach soccer they'll listen to you so my wife and I started soccer teams so we've been doing that for 20 years with Papuans and then our main work is with missionary kids at the school for 
for missionary kids, children of MAF pilots, mechanics, Wycliffe Bible translators, other missionaries. That's amazing. Guy walks up and says, if you coach soccer, they'll listen to you. Yeah. Look my, at the Holy Spirit. And you loved soccer. You played loved soccer. soccer, played in college, both See, my wife Lord and I. the Lord knows yeah. how he made you. This is at the beginning of our Tombstone series, <clears throat> Ephesians 3.20. He's placed these little desires and bents and dreams in your soul, and then he awakens them and uses them for his kingdom later mm-hmm. in life. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. And you got to play soccer and, and teach God's word. Yeah. Uh, and now what do you do? You came back. I uh, came back six months ago for a one-year furlough. Um, my daughter lives uh, here, and her husband and and kids. So, grandkids are here. She said, "Please come help. These toddlers are overwhelming me." Uh, so my wife said, "Yeah, that's the right thing to do." And I told my wife, "You've followed me for thirty years, so you get the next 30. Oh, look at you! So uh, here we are, and now she's saying we need to add another year. Um, so we're going to be here for. Okay. At least another year and a half okay, now. Good. good for us. Yeah. And you want to go back to Indonesia? Uh, I mean, I loved it there, but um, I'm... You're open. I'm open. I'm open. Wide open. So I have things in my head. Okay. I've made I've got to close some things down. Fourth right. largest... What's the... Fr- Amer- English is the first. English. Now, hold on. Second, kitties at home. What would you think is the second largest language? <clears throat> You're the kitties at home, Kyle. Oh, I'm the kitties at home? Yeah. I'm going to guess, is it Spanish? You know what? Or Chinese. I don't even... I'm going to go Chinese. Chinese has to be up there. Spanish must be up there, but I can't I even know. remember. I just have China, that... India? Lots of people. India. I think they have... India's got, yeah, a billion or something, right? Close uh, to that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, there's that. And then there's... You got over on your wife you get the first 30 she gets the second 30 when you guys are breaking Does that sound down good? i need some pastoral no, advice you Is that nailed the right that thing to do? You, that was the perfect thing to do okay i i says when we had a dog i'll take care of the dog in the middle of the night when we have kids you get up in the middle of the night for the kids she says okay because the dog was a pain but i did the math dogs die early ah. and so i want it's like you're cooking with gas man you're good <laughs> And so now you come to dusk, dawn, you fell in love with three crosses. We love seeing you here. I saw you. I saw your wife for the first time. You guys were driving up the hill Sunday. We are enjoying it. And so, and you've been on the mission field though. You've been in like, this has got to be a culture shock to be in the Bay area. It is. What's the most shocking thing or up there? Oh boy. I don't even know. Just still trying to traffic. Traffic is overwhelming. Yeah. Freeway. Yeah. Yeah. All those cars going on that fast. Yeah. We never drive more than. 40 kilometers an hour where, Which is where we're from. 25? Something like that. 30, okay. 25, 30. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. So you're flying. Yeah, it feels too fast, too many cars, too many lanes. Everybody looking at their phones. People honking at you. Actually, they're not too bad here. No, not too many honkies. Yeah. They'll, they'll shoot you. Except I'm probably doing dumb things on the road that that's why they're honking. Yeah. You think? Just how do I like get slow. off at this exit? And, oh, oh, oh. And so, and then... So what are you thinking? You come from like, th- is it third world? Second yeah. world? Yeah, yeah, third yeah, world? yeah, yeah. And so you come into a thing like Dawn Patrol and you're deeply rooted in the Lord and the scriptures and in his spirit and in his ministry. And, and you know, we're kind of a different operation. What were your first, like, thoughts? Uh, I just think it's exciting. I think it's encouraging to see 
this many believers. I think uh, living in Indonesia, seeing California on the internet, um, yeah, you know, doesn't you don't know if the church is strong, if it's vibrant, and seeing men coming in encouraging each other is encouraging. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. I I don't know what my life would be without it. Just coming today, this morning when we all prayed for the upcoming performances, Christmas performances, mm-hmm. and for Dan and Mark Tyler's team going into mm-hmm. other parts of the world and for each other. It's just beautiful. You know, seeing all the guys for yeah. each other and talking yeah. to God on behalf of each other. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Praying for each other at mm-hmm. our table. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what What did you hear today? You know, every time I come, God gives me something um, that really hits me. A um, couple things today that really struck me. He he made the point that... Um, JP, being he, he JP, spoke. JP uh, talked about how David was a shepherd, just faithfully being a shepherd, and then he saves all of Israel. God was preparing him as a shepherd. So mm-hmm. what's the thing you're doing right now that may look insignificant that if you're faithful in it, God will use powerfully? That was a good word. That was a good word. And then um, a couple weeks now, we've the same theme of fear. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, I've been overseas figure, trying to figure out how to do ministry there. And uh, now looking like I may be here yeah. permanently. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What's it look and, like? And uh, do I have anything to offer? And he talked about it's not what you have. It's who you, have. Who you bring. Is that what he said? Yeah. Not what you bring, but who you bring. And so, yeah, God is with me here and he'll take care of me here. Look at what he's done through you or for you before. Uh, so that was powerful for me, yeah. Really powerful. And so what, I mean, if you can be, if it's appropriate, I mean, what do you, what's a, how old are you? I'm 53. 53. Yeah. I like how you said it in the Bay Area, 50. 53. Is that how I said it? Yeah, yeah. And so that's good. Welcome to the Bay Area. What is frightening? Like, what scares you? Um, I had a ministry there where... Uh, I felt well-loved, encouraged. Um, Identity. Respected. Yep, new in, in the community for that. And so, uh, you know, I preached frequently. Um, I was the school pastor. And now I'm grandpa at home um, chasing grandchildren around. Just had a knee surgery, so I've been in bed a lot for mm-hmm. the last five weeks. So I'm thinking about identity. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Where do, where can I plug in? Where mm-hmm. can I minister? Mm-hmm. But also realizing that's not where my identity comes from right. and, and just realizing how deeply I put my identity in my ministry and my work. And, and your reputation or whatever. Right. My reputation, wanting to be loved and respected yep. and all those things. Yep. That's very real. So, yeah. So it's scary right now to think, what if I don't have a place? What if I don't, what, what can I do? Who am I? All those kind of You know, things. a lot of guys won't... Um, step out in what the Lord's calling them to for that one very reason. Because I've spent a life here or there or doing something that I'm known for. Yeah. And what 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 will I be or who will I be mm-hmm. if I go do that thing? If a job career change or something like that. I think it's very real. And for the first time in my life I have felt that just because I've moved. Yeah. I haven't lived further than a mile and a half from Trader Joe's. Wow. Since 1976. And so, what the, 
you know, and so now all of a sudden nobody knows me at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Where if I sit down on the boulevard, everybody that walks by somehow, somewhere through 40 years of living knows mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And so it's a real identity thing. And that's a very real thing. Kids leave the house for women is tough because now who am I? Mm-hmm. That was, they were them, you know, uh, stay at home moms. Yeah. But men that are in a very successful role at a career, when that change happens, who am I? Mm-hmm. And I'm learning to, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a child of God. I am, that's my identity, but how it flushes out matters yeah. to me. Yeah, I've been preaching me. that and teaching that, and, and now, now I'm you're saying, in it. okay, you've said this now. Right. Live right. it. Live How it. can we help you in that as your brothers? Uh, well, I mean, I'm being helped by hearing God's Word yeah, and uh, feeling warmly welcomed and mm-hmm. valued, and uh, it's encouraging me to, uh, to me to see, see these stories of people coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a bit of a scary thing coming back to America and looking at it on the internet. It mm-hmm. didn't look Looks like, like a stale was spiritual environment. Yeah. yeah. But I'm encouraged to see God working and, and then yeah, God's with me and he'll, he'll provide for yeah. me. I yeah. was telling you before we turn this thing on, I just don't recall a time in my life of ministering here in the Bay area, 30 years. Uh, yeah. 30-ish, 28-ish years ministering here in the Bay Area, a better, more spiritual lifetime. Super encouraging. People are spiritually hungry right now. Yeah. And in my world, the the political scene, Jesus left the White House, you know what I'm saying? So it's Mm -hmm. like, um, and the people I run into, and a lot of other things that they were seeking in place of God during specifically the Bush years are not bringing joy and peace and tranquility and happiness. So now what? You know, we worshiped the kelp, but that didn't do nothing. So now what? Yeah. You know, and so they're really looking now back at rethinking some things. And science is now coming along and bringing out there's an eternity. There's a creator. Mm-hmm. There's a realm, mm-hmm. um, which we call heaven, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the Bible. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a really neat time, I think, in history yeah. to be following Jesus. Very encouraging to hear you say that. Yeah. That's what I see. Yeah. You know, but you got to read. I'm learning. You have to redo the terms that you use. Not yeah. redo them, but be very careful with the terms. Yeah, avoid baggage laden. Yeah, terms that mislead yeah. people or other people have. Um, one word might mean something to you and I, and somebody else has had a more dominant effect in how that gets translated mm-hmm. and what that word now means. You know, God, for example. Yeah. What's that mean? Yeah. Which Jesus? You know, it's, it's what Jesus do you speak of? I've heard of so many now, yeah. you know, we have a little place down the street from where we live and, and, you know, here's people in suits with a nice billboard and booklets that they're handing out, you know, at a surf break in suits in the name of Jesus. Hmm. And so which Jesus, <laughs> that Jesus yeah. or the Jesus you've been speaking of out in the water, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. people and they, they're curious, you know, and they're lean in if, if, if it's, if it's met with love, mm-hmm. introduced in love, which is a big word. That's going to be my theme next year, I think, love. We do themes around here. We theme years out. Mm-hmm. Like, what's this year going to be about, you know? And and so I think I'm going to really wrap my head and heart and hands around what does it really mean to be a loving human, mm-hmm. loving, as First John describes. What does yeah. that really look like? 
Well, I'm watching you speak and seeing you love people into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear those stories. Yeah. The God's doing that through you already. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I want to be a great, soft old man. I want to be John, who has disciples around him and loves his family and loves his Lord and can bring wisdom. Yeah. And has um, some gravity, some weight to him, and some yeah. joy. Yeah. You know, can hold things in the right perspective. And I think that comes from love. I think all that stems mm-hmm. from being men of love. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I heard a wonderful story about John. Uh, let's see if I can remember it. Having a servant that he left for a while, or a young man he had discipled, and he went bad and joined a band of robbers. John went up to find him in the mountains or wherever he was and uh, risked his life <clears throat> to get him and just because of his love, won him back. So Really? I'm not, I, I, yeah. No, I like it. So, yeah. I like it. I'm going to preach that like it's the gospel and I'm going to say, you yeah. told me that story. Yeah. I'll have to No, I really up. like that. And that's in character to what you read and see. Mm-hmm. And to think, I wonder if John, if that's a true story, which I have no reason to believe it's not. Yeah. Um, because that's how he did things back then. And go and restore a brother, remember? Yep. And and all of those great lessons that they actually not only wrote down in Scripture but lived. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't that story be true? Yeah. I wonder if he knew. I heard what, that in a Tim Keller sermon. He wouldn't lie to he us. He wouldn't would lie. He? No. No. And the internet doesn't lie either. No. Tim Keller saw it. But I wonder if they knew, like, I'm going to leave this dynamic ministry in Ephesus or wherever he was at that time mm-hmm. and not write a fourth epistle and go get Jimmy from the hills. I wonder if they knew the risk, you know, because if Paul, if he knew what he would become, you know, in those second Corinthians and would never get written Philippians, Ephesians, Philemon, uh-huh. Colossians, never written if that ship goes down. Mm-hmm. You know, and just the risk that those guys took and, and the fact that God sustained them is amazing. Yeah. yeah. What do you think he's sustaining you for? Here, you're just getting going, 53 years old. I don't know. Start, we're, we're in a process now of praying and putting out some feelers, looking around what ministry opportunities are there around here. So. And your, does your wife like being here, Bay Area? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she wants to be with our, our daughter yeah. and grandkids and son-in-law, yeah. And she's calling the shots 30 years now. Yeah, she gets the next 30. What does she do for profession? Um, well, where we were, she loves to lead worship. You know, she discipled people through the soccer ministry, and she kind of was just uh, Jane of all trades at, uh, at our school. You know, she would just fit in everywhere, plan help plan retreats, help me with grading a lot, Um She's she's like an uh, energizer bunny. Yeah. You got, want to teach locally, Christian school? Um, my wife's telling me college and above oh. is uh, her advice for me. No more high school. College and above. So I did 15 years of high school, and she's thinking, uh, as one person said, college is your jam. So, But I don't know. That was one word. Uh, what's that one person? I'd hang out with them more. College is your uh, jam. It's one of my former students. His wife visited us a couple months ago. College and is your I jam. was asking her, what do you think I should do? She said, college What is would your you jam. teach in college? Well, uh, I love spiritual formation, apologetics, just scripture, teaching. Uh, Sermon on the Mount. I did a seven-year preaching series through the Sermon on the Mount once That's everyone teases me about for taking so long. I Jesus took about it. 
like 10 minutes, bro. Seven years. Well, it's about 20. <laughs> like if you just quote it straight through, that's how I started it. I said, I'm going to give you the greatest sermon ever preached. And uh, so I was inspired to memorize the Sermon on the Mount in high school by my pastor in, in Thailand. And once a year, he would just stand up and say, say it. the Sermon on the Mount from memory. So that really early on, I was fell in love with the Sermon on the Mount. But I, I, of course, wonderful, many passages. But uh, That's so fantastic. Yeah. I, my early trip, in one of my, I think my third time I was in Israel, I sat on the Mount of Beatitudes, and our guide was one of the few people on the planet that spoke fluent Aramaic. Okay. And so he had us look out over the Sea of Galilee, and in his beautiful voice, read it in the original language it would have been delivered. Wow. And so I didn't understand a word of it, of course, but it was beautiful. We're all crying, and it's like, wow. It was spring. Yeah. Only time I've been there in the spring. He read the whole, the whole thing. Two in chapters, yep. five, six, and seven. Yep. Yeah. In Aramaic. And with the passion, you know, he put emphasis where in his language, it would have clearly been emphasized. I can see how that would be powerful. Powerful, powerful. And seven years? Well, you know, I mean, I was only preaching once a month or something. This was in our, in our missionary uh, church. There's a church, maybe 200 people, missionaries have their own church service. Going to close with this question. What's your favorite verse or block or theme or thought in the Sermon on the Mount. Oh boy, just the first verse, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. We're beggars. We're just spiritual beggars. And we show each other where the bread is. We point to the bread. We say, I'm a beggar. You're a beggar. I know where to get bread. Let's go get the bread. <laughs> Seven years. First verse, right out of the gate. That's my favorite. I think my favorite is the end. Chapter seven, if you do these things, apply these to your life, you'll be like the wise builder. Yeah. Cause I saw a lot of wrecked houses. Okay. And I didn't grow up around wisdom. Yeah. And so that is so much like, if you do all those things we just spoke of, you'll be like, and when the storms come, not if, but when they do, your life will stand because yeah. you built it on the rock. Faith in me. I love the Mount of Beatitudes. I love that whole sermon block. It's beautiful. Do you think it was delivered at one sermon or as a collection? Well, you know, Calvin thinks it was kind of collected, and uh, I, I don't know. You don't know? If I, I tend to think of it as one. one one talk. Yeah. I know John Calvin. Can I argue with John Calvin? Um, he says it was pieced, put together from, from different things. It's so and, proverbial, which is unlike Jesus. That's my only, I'm not a scholar of clearly. Yeah. But it's just so proverbial, topic to topic to topic. And he was such a narrator. Yeah. You know, everything was so narrative. Everything built. Yeah. And I see it proverbial as a novice yeah. Bible student. You yeah, know? the structure of it's so beautiful. Yes, gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. So many people that don't even follow the Lord have said that that's some of the most beautiful literature they've ever um, read. Yeah. I think Gandhi quoted it every day. Impacted him. Really? I think that's true. We could talk forever about all that kind of stuff. We gotta have lunch sometime. Can you have lunch with me? I would love to. That'd be so fun. What kind of food do you like? Ooh. Uh I eat everything. I'm gonna let you pick Anything. out the Indonesian restaurant. What do they eat? What's Indonesian food? Is it's it Vietnamese? Kinda Chinesey, kinda Chinese style. But uh I probably like Chinese better actually. Than Vietnamese? Or then I like Vietnamese. I love Pho. Vietnamese. Pho. Is that how you say it? I huh? Pho. or bon. I like bon. I don't know what that is. Bon. It's a dry noodle bowl. Bon. All right, I'll and try that. Bon. I would like Vietnamese. My kids get embarrassed when I try to speak Vietnamese slang in Vietnamese restaurants. Bon. A fuga. I like fuga. I yell it. Large fuga. 
Hey, love you, Dan. Okay. Thanks for being part of our crew, our tribe. Thank you. Thanks you bring for a your, lot to the table. Thanks for your ministry. Le- levity. You bring a lot of joy, a lot of wisdom, and I look forward to our lunch. Me too. See everybody else Sunday and next Wednesday for the final Dawn Patrol of the year.